Dateline, October 3rd, 2010. Well, g'day folks, it's Steve here, back for the Australia Desk for episode 117. Can you believe it, Grant? It's getting on. How are you, mate? Yeah, not too bad, mate, not too bad. Back home in Melbourne, there are only a few days of cold, but the last few days have been absolutely gorgeous. Blue skies, a little bit of wind, and a warm, warm, warm day. Yeah, well, of course, I feel a little bit robbed this morning because we've flicked over to daylight savings today, so we've lost an hour of sleep, so I'm tired and cranky. Oh, and this is different how? Oh, yeah, sorry. I was going to say, I'm always tired. <laughs> cranky. <laughs> Ask anyone that knows me. Ah, uh, well, I was a little cranky to have come back to uh, to Melbourne. We uh, spent about two hours in the air flying from the Gold Coast down to Melbourne and dropped about 12 or 13 degrees Celsius. Yes, a beautiful one day, perfect the next in Queensland and back here to Chile, old moment. It's funny, it's been a chilly week and then, as you say, it's, it's quite nice weather today. So that's good news, but I'll tell you what isn't such good news as the uh, warmer weather approaches. Victoria, New South Wales and South Australia, the three states in the uh, southeastern corner of this country, are prepared for a huge plague of locusts. Yeah, that's right, mate. It's not looking real good for people growing crops in those three states. We're going to have quite the horde of locusts. Uh, indications are that they're up to 50 kilometres long, the swarms. Uh, when I was flying balloons in the Mildura area in July, the story coming down from just to the north in New South Wales, Mildura being right on the border, was that one shovelful of soil was found to have contained about a thousand locust eggs. So they're really expecting a massive hatching. They're doing a lot of aerial spraying uh, with fixed wing and helicopters. They're waiting until the locusts have actually hatched and boiled up out of the ground and then they spray them while they're drying themselves before they really start flying. But it's that flying part that's giving the problems. CASA have actually put out a warning saying to aviators in the area to be cautious because of the locust plague. Uh, They swarm, they can go up to 3,000 feet in the air. Uh, They can block pitot tubes on the ground as well. So making sure all engine cowlings and pitot tubes and so on are covered. And if you're flying and see one, just go for altitude and get away from them because you can lose visibility with them splatting on the screen and they can really foul up the works. There have been cases of locusts taking down aircraft in the past. In fact, they're saying swarms of up to 50 million of them, Grant, flying it up to about 3,000 feet. So yep. we're coming out of drought, drought conditions here. We've had quite a severe drought here probably for the better part of the last decade. Uh, but of course, this winter that we've just come out of in this part of the world has actually been a, a pretty standard winter. So we've had a lot of rain, uh, which is fantastic. It's good to see the dams filling up and it's good for our farmers. But uh, uh, on the downside, these sort of insects have been laying dormant for a long time. And uh, it's, it's it's quite often a, a problem. But, uh, of course, you know, having been a drought and not having to uh, deal with these these sort of insects for, for such a long time, it's it's kind of a new phenomenon. So uh, the only other thing I'd say is that uh, if the Civil Aviation Safety Authority is out there issuing NOTAMs uh, about their locusts, I certainly hope they've got some inspectors out there checking all those locusts. For, you know, if they're flying, they should have a licence as well, shouldn't they? Oh, yeah. Well, are they going to give them an RAOS ultralight licence? Yeah. Who do they think they are? Yeah. Well, Grant, speaking of drought, that we've had. Uh, we had a drought of uh, Virgin Blue aircraft during the week due to a computer failure. I guess they had a drought of computerness as well. Yeah, and they certainly had some bugs in the system. Oh, God, we're firing today. I had to say it. <laughs> uh, but that's right. On Sunday, Virgin Blue had a massive outage of their booking system that they use at the uh, check-in spots. That system, supplied by Navitaire, a subsidiary of Accenture, failed when a solid-state disk system died. And uh, apparently Navitaire tried to restart the system instead of going straight to the backup. So instead of bringing over a backup within an hour or so, they wound up taking 21 hours to restore the situation. Now, this couldn't have come at a worse time, uh, really, because it's uh, it's school holidays down here at the moment. Uh, on top of that, the uh, the major football codes here, that's uh, Australian Rules Football and uh, Rugby League, are all in final series. So there's a lot of um, lot of people trying to travel around the country, particularly here on the eastern seaboard. And uh, so people were not happy. Let's have a listen to a few less than impressed passengers. The only thing we're going to do is 
we've been told is is that um, all the Virgin Blue systems have been shut down in Australia-wide. I think it's chaos, and I think uh, we should be told what's going on. I just want to go home. Been here for too long now. Why don't they have a backup system? I mean, this can happen any time. It's ridiculous. Well, like you said, Grant, they did have a backup system, but why wouldn't they switch that over? I mean, you're the IT guy. Um, you would think that they'd have several fallbacks in place in case something like this happened. Well, typically you do have a failover system set up. Uh, depending on the criticality of the system, you either have a hot live system that cuts over within seconds or you have one that takes a little bit longer to cut over. For instance, in this case, I believe Navitier have up to three hours to cut over. So while that does cause chaos and problems at the booking um, check-in front end, it's something that can be picked up within a day or so. But this one took 21 hours and that's got IT people around the world scratching their head because Navitier announced that they tried to repair the uh, solid state disk array rather than going for the backup. So these, this is going to be very interesting. Borghetti is an avowed fan of Amadeus, the booking system that Qantas and many other airlines use as well as Virgin Australia. And the word is that he's got his lawyers sharpening their pencils into ultra fine points. They're going through the contract and looking to find out if this is breach of contract that would allow Virgin to walk away from the new guy's system and uh, switch to something else or at least get a whole lot of money out of Navitair. Yeah, well, of course, uh, the Amadeus system has not been without its share of problems this year. I mean, it uh, was back in uh, January or February, Grant, I think it was, that uh, yeah, yeah. Qantas and many other airlines around the world were having problems with Amadeus. I can remember when uh, Qantas took over Australian airlines and uh, there was a lot of unhappiness on the Australian airlines side at that time uh, because they felt that um, their system, which uh, was called Tarzan, was being uh, taken over and uh, rolled into Amadeus. I know some people that worked uh, quite closely with that system at that time and uh, apparently the, the Tarzan system was uh, way superior to Amadeus even back then. No, look, Amadeus has the reputation for being the lumbering giant of the booking systems. Uh, they are doing a lot to improve their act but they're generally behind a lot of other people and it wouldn't surprise me to hear that they were cherry picking systems out of Tarzan to try and try and improve their operation. Well, the interesting thing is that um, on the, on the at the same time that this happened, uh, oddly enough, Jetstar also had some computer glitches this week. Are they using the same system? Uh, they and many other low-cost carriers are using the new Sky system from Navitaire. Uh Jetstar had two 15-minute outages. There may have been a root cause outage that affected everyone that then caused an instability in that RAM disk cluster that Virgin are using. Perhaps that was a dedicated machine just for Virgin because what it does is it caches uh, database accesses and things like that. So it would not be surprising to find that you've got one for each airline that they then plug into just to uh, share the load. It may be that just the box that was servicing Virgin went down. Well, Grant, all this talk of computers and we might be able to sell this segment to Leo Laporte the way we're going. Oh, mate, we wish. My close personal friend. Anyway, Grant, uh, speaking <laughs> of computers and all things geeky, just before we go, it looks like Qantas is uh, looking to set up its uh, its own 787 simulators over here in Australia. That's correct. Uh, there are many 787 simulators being set up in Shanghai and many other parts of Asia, as well as in Europe and the US, but Qantas have decided they want to have their own in Sydney. Uh, understandable, they have their own simulators for all the other aircraft and they are going to be a major operator of the 787. So it wouldn't surprise me to see them setting up their own internal sims here and then, of course, leasing them out. They did the same with the 737 next-gen sims that they had down here in Melbourne. The first one was kept quite busy training Qantas and Virgin pilots. That's interesting, Grant. It's saying that they've bought uh, two 787 simulators, in fact, from a Canadian company called CAE. That's uh, right. They're going uh, to them, set themselves up here and most likely in Sydney, according to this report that we're looking at here. 
here in the Australian. That's right. Uh, typically, Qantas have their long-haul simulators in Sydney and their domestic simulators and shorter routes and so on down here in Melbourne, uh, which is why at first they had the A330 sim and the 787 sim down here in that uh, rather beautiful-looking building just next to Essendon Airport. But they, I think they moved the A330s up to Sydney at one point when more of their long-haul staff were, were flying A330s, not just domestic. But it wouldn't surprise me at all to find the 787 there. Uh, that's where they already have the 74 and the A3. I believe they have an A380 simulator there as well. Yeah, they're saying these simulators are worth about $20 million US each. So, oh, that's uh, about $18 million Australian dollars, the I'll way we're t- going at yeah, the moment. I'll tell you, the way the dollar's going, it's looking pretty. You know, Grant, we should get over to the States for a holiday. We could almost afford it right now. Oh, mate, it's getting that way for a little bit longer. It's going to be just like the heyday of the 70s when the Aussie dollar was more than the US dollar. And they were selling American magazines for their cover price because that cover price in Australian dollars actually included the cost of shipping and everything. Oh, the good old days. Well, anyway, folks, that's about everything we have for you here on the Australia Desk for this week. Grant, I think I'm going to get outside and get out into the sunshine. Oh, I certainly am, mate. Yeah, you can always tell when the weather starts finding up here, Grant, because I live right in the middle of the uh, training area for our uh, local airport at Moorabbin. And uh, (laughs) looking outside at the moment, there are six and Piper Warriors going in all directions. Lucky, oh. lucky sods. <laughs> traffic, traffic, traffic. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I've, I've, I've had times on beautiful days when I've been out in training areas and I've spent more time calling traffic than I have flying the aircraft and that's when we generally turn around and go somewhere else or go back. There you go. Well, one thing I won't be doing this week is watching Fox News. Did you hear Rob Mark was on the on the TV? I hope they don't show that edition here. Oh, man. Did they put? Did they do consumer product warnings for that? I wonder what the rating was. Rated. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I think we've I think we've upset Rob as much as we can this week. Until next week, I'm Steve Vischer. And I'm Grant McCarran. Cheers, folks.